Hello, friends. Welcome back to This Changes Everything. We're here, once again, answering your listener questions. You know, we have we have thought about, like, what episodes would we like to do? What themes would we like to do? And we have received so many awesome listener questions from you guys that that feels like mm-hmm. the direction we should go in, with mm-hmm. this. Like, feels like... Give the people what they want, right? And what they want is for their questions to be answered. Yeah. So keep on sending us those questions. Slide into our DMs. Yes. Um, And sometimes we're going to do an episode just on like a handful of questions. Or sometimes we'll do like speed rounds where we try to get through a ton of questions. Yeah. Sometimes our questions will be themed. Sometimes they'll be about certain topics. This time we've found ones that are kind of related to friendship. Mm -hmm. Questions about, uh, you know, kind of like how to have friendships and, and um, navigate friendships as an adult. That's mm-hmm. yeah. not and, far off and from how it works in relationships. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, like hopefully friends, um, well, I was going to say hopefully friends are longer lasting, but hopefully your romantic relationships are long lasting too. Hopefully yeah. all of your friend, <laughs> friendships <laughs> right. and relationships are very long lasting, unless you're not I, into yeah. that. In which case you do you, but I always tell, uh, uh, my friend Susie on, on her birthday, I say, you know, I just am so grateful for my longest relationship and most successful relationship. Cause that <laughs> it's like the friends are the ones, but like, you've got to work at it. You've got to like do, I mean, at least, yeah. And the communication, that whole thing. <laughs> there is a bunch of communication there. How long have you and Susie been friends? Uh, we met in 2008 when I did my first season of The Challenge on MTV mm-hmm. and her last season. So, yeah, 2008. What are we that's in? 23 right now? So, yeah, that's a minute. It's like my – I'm deeply in love with her. So it's like the longest mm-hmm. romantic relationship. It feels like that. You know, so. <laughs> that's so sweet. Yeah. Yeah. What about uh, you? What's your longest friendship? I mean there was like four – guys that I became friends with in first grade that I'm still oh, friends with. That's but the cutest. It's very cute. But now we live all in different states. Yeah. So that's kind of, but when I moved to Portland, I made a friend and his name is Brandon. And that was back in 2005. And we've been best friends ever since 2005. Oh, I love that. So 17, 18 years or so. Uh, I was his best man. He was my best man. And when he's, he's still married and his wife, Jill, is uh, also a best friend of mine. So it's I love friendships because they feel like, to me, they feel like family. Like my yeah, chosen they are. family. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It, they are. I mean, yes, yes. What, how are. did you guys meet? Uh, well, me and Brandon met because uh, one day there was, I like became friends with somebody. Um, well, there was this like young woman. I was also a young man. I was 24. There's this woman that like started flirting with me at a coffee shop. Mm. And I wasn't like. She's only uh, human, Jeff. She's only human, of course. And I was like, oh, I'm not sure if I want to flirt with her back. But she like was very persistent <laughs> and we became friends. Um, and so we started like hanging out and we we're just buddies. And then I was like, I really want her to I want to like help her. I want to be her like wingman because she's like looking for a relationship. She's like super motivated to find somebody. So we would go out to bars every now and then together. And there was this one night we went to the Alto Lounge, which is a very hip bar in Southeast mm. Portland. And we're there and we're at this table and somebody was sitting at the bar. This a boy that was like reading a book by candlelight. It was like Oh very my god, sweet. we love him. Uh-huh. 
<laughs> he was there on his own. And, and so you then, were like, dibs. <laughs> well, actually, first she was like, dibs. And I was like, <laughs> all right, let's get you and him together. So we tried to come up with like a fake conversation to pull him into it. So we were like having this conversation and we're just like, oh no, we need to like figure out the name of the actor that plays Willard in Willard. Do you remember that movie? Super smart. Super. And so we're like, you should go ask somebody, Kelly. So she went up to Good this point. Like, she was a, like, that's right? clever. Do you know who plays the actor Willard in the movie Willard? And he was like, oh, Crispin Glover. And then she like giggled and came back and she didn't continue. And I was just like, you have oh to came, continue talking it. to him. Right. So we came up with another question of like, what's the name of that <laughs> musical instrument in scary movies that makes that sound? The sound goes like, Ooh. Yeah. And so she like went up to him and was like, what is the name? And he's like, Oh, that's called the theremin. And then okay. she just, he clearly <laughs> is. <laughs> right. He I knows mean, all the answers. He's very, hip. How, who, this is, is an adorable boy. It's an adorable boy, but she like chickened out and came back to, and so then she like went back into the smoking room when you were allowed to like smoke in bars and restaurants in Portland. (laughs) And I went up to him and I was like, hello, that is my friend. She is flirting with you. You should like come back and have a cigarette with us if you're interested. And so he was like, okay. So he came back and he had some smokes and we had some drinks and he, it turned out that they were not, it it wasn't a love match, but it was a love match between me and Brandon. this uh and i drove him home he ended up living just like three blocks away from me and it just so happened that like the cd that i was playing we only have one band that we both like in common and the one band that that i was playing was the silver jews do you know that band the silver jews um they're just like a cool indie band i don't even know i'm not cool enough to like them but I was playing their CD, and he's like, "Oh, you like good music?" Like, and I was like, "Jews I like is in the music. chosen people." <laughs> yeah, a silver Jew is a blonde Jewish person. I've you know never that heard that term. Now you know. And oh, there's a band called that. the Silver Jews, and they're an amazing indie rock band. Okay, uh, I would, yeah, this sounds like something I would listen to. Well, unfortunately, the lead singer um, killed himself. Oh God. And so it's, a, that's a real downer. Okay. <laughs> Highs and lows over here. <laughs> this is a real roller coaster of a story. Right. Uh, but me and Brandon became friends on that night and we've been friends ever since. I love this. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to, I think what, what you've kind of pointed out in this story is that in order to make new friends, you gotta put yourself out there and yeah. you gotta kind of, pursue it in a way and it was sort of it was easier like i had just moved to portland i was in portland like for two months or something before i met Mm -hmm. brandon and i was 24 so i was just like i am motivated to meet new people i have no i like don't know anyone here in portland so i'm just gonna do it but it feels like it's gotten harder right i feel and that's also like the narrative that like as we get older it feels Mm -hmm. like it's harder to meet friends and i feel like that is a real frame of mind sort of thing. Like if you can just like that narrative, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It feels like it, there, mm, the, the, there are more of your peers maybe at 24 who are putting in similar energy. So mm-hmm. it's easier to feel like part of that mm-hmm. and, and, like you're not, it feels like the majority of people are, are in the same boat, but then when you're older, it feels like that there's just a smaller group of people who are 
looking mm-hmm. for that. Yeah. And that may not even be the truth. It just is like the, the, I don't know, like the, the, the I hear all the time from clients or they're like, I'm single. Nobody, I'm too old. Like nobody's going to like, when am I? Says who? who? Too old for what? Like <laughs> my grandma was making friends well into her nineties and my, you know, and like, mm-hmm. it's fine. You just yeah. have to change that narrative and change like, and maybe look in places where people that might be similar to you or have similar interests would be. Sure, it might not is, be the smoking yes. section of a bar anymore, <laughs> but it could be something like a meetup group for uh, hiking or like the Sierra Club or something. Totally. Unfortunately, there are no more smoking sections in bars, <laughs> I think. I also don't smoke anymore, so it wouldn't really be. <laughs> so much has changed. Yeah. Although I do. I looked so fucking cool when I smoked. I don't know if I've told you this before, but <laughs> I knew how to hold a cigarette in my There is an art sexy. to that. Yeah, like yeah, casual, yeah. like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd it still is. be smoking like, to this day if my body was okay with it. <laughs> right. If it didn't feel terrible. Yeah. That was the problem is I started to feel horrible. And so I had to stop. Yeah. Yeah. Like I so every now and then I'll think it's a good idea. Or like if somebody's smoking a cigar, like anytime I go to a wedding, mm. there's always like a group of guys who are smoking a cigar. And I'm like, yes, let me have some of that. And the next day I feel what the the physical version of that emoji with the green face that's about to throw up <laughs> that is what i feel like on the inside and uh, probably what i smell like on the outside yeah so probably yeah it's it's uh, all like and most of the time i'm like definitely intoxicated when i think this is a good idea of course no sober sarah's yeah, like no. Ooh, light up a you know Cigar. I've, no, oh God, that's not a good idea. I mean, I, I mean, unless that's your thing, then I guess I won't judge you. But I'm, I'm happy that I never got into vaping because oh, I yeah. feel like vaping looks great. Like vaping, look, I, like it looks like I would really enjoy doing it. Yeah, you and will. Too- I did. Ugh, I picked it yeah. up in grad school and then I had to quit. Yeah, I was like, this is this was the worst idea. It was the pandemic. I had just like, mm. like right before actually, mm-hmm. and it terrible. To, I. Why is it terrible? It was terrible for me because, like, I I developed a nicotine habit. I never yeah. like in grad school where I was like, I no I can't handle this, and I was like, I started vaping, like, and then all those reports came out where like Jewel was getting like sued and all like class action lawsuits, all this stuff. I'm like, this is probably a bad idea, and so then I like had to wean myself off and Ugh, the quitting nicotine is the worst. Yeah, you're definitely going to be a, an asshole. <laughs> you're definitely going to be an asshole. It's going to be hard to make friends. Yeah. I was single mm-hmm. when I did that. So it was best, the better idea. <laughs> you know, who got me hooked or who like made it look really cool was Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters. Oh, he makes because everything it, look cool. He, I know. And like back in, it was, I think it was 1995 maybe, Dave Grohl and the late Taylor Hawkins, mm-hmm. they did like a fake MTV commercial for why you should smoke cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> like they were just like fucking around and having fun. And I was like, you have convinced me. I will start smoking. <laughs> That's like, exactly why they have like... It, age restrictions on things like pg-13 like that is exactly (laughs) why because kids do not get that they're like i felt the same thing about when i watched clueless when i was 13 Mm. i was like oh 
those girls are so cool. I want to be just like that. Mm-hmm. And then I watched it as an adult and I was like, oh my God, they're making fun of those girls. <laughs> I did not get the the yeah. subtle, whatever that is, nuances of, of the, the... Oh yeah, I didn't either. Yeah. Yeah. Well, before we dive into any other questions, I got a question for you, Jeff. How do you learn a language as an adult <laughs> I, in like no. a fun and interactive way? Because I've been trying for years and mm-hmm. it's, it hasn't gone so well. No. Yeah. I, I went to – I had four years of Spanish class through middle school and into high school and I can't remember anything. I feel like I do have like a pretty good Spanish accent that I'm going to do for you. Oh. Oh. Okay. Kay, tell me if you think this is good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sir. Donde esta la biblioteca? Oh, that, that sounded great. Somebody has been using their babble. <laughs> yes. I think that's the only way that I can learn a second language now is using an app. I think it's maybe the only thing I can do. I need to use an app for everything. But yeah. using an app to learn a language is actually fun. It's weirdly addictive. There's these like little 15-minute lessons that make it – it's like the perfect way to to learn a new language on the go. So if I'm like – in a car or on the bus or like waiting in line, I can just like fire up Babbel and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden I'm learning a new language. Yeah. And they've got – Babbel has these expertly crafted lessons that are built actually around like real life scenarios. You know, we all mm-hmm. joke that we all know like that how do I get to the library question. I mean if you're somebody like me who frequents the library, that's right up my alley Perfect. and that might be the actual phrase that I need. But this is how you learn to have practical conversations about travel, relationship, like business – more like all the stuff that you need to talk about if you are in another country or want to learn another language or even just have a conversation with somebody in a different language. Yeah, and you can you can learn Spanish, French, Italian, German. There's 14 different languages. And also if you want to have like a perfect Spanish accent like mine, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you to improve your pronunciation and accent. So uh, right now... It makes a big difference. Yeah, yeah. so you're not like super embarrassing. You'll always yeah. be like a little embarrassing, but like right. cute embarrassing. We don't want you to be yeah. cringe embarrassing. Right. right, and Babbel will be like, oh, you're close, but... Something like this. Exactly. Uh, So right now, when you purchase a three-month Babbel subscription, you'll get an additional three months for free. That's six months for the price of three. Just go to Babbel.com and use promo code TCE. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com, code T-C-E. Okay, should we answer some questions? Oh, I mean, I can just keep chit-chatting with you for forever, but like, maybe we should answer some listener questions on this. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, which which question did you want to start with, Sarah? Okay. I like this one first. It says, uh, guys. Well, it doesn't say guys, but it says, I love you and Therapy Jeff on your podcast. Uh, I have a question. I'm 41 years old, and once I hit 40, I started to reevaluate my life. My entire life, I've been nothing but a people pleaser. Huge abandonment issues here. Looking back, all my all my friendships have been me chasing everyone and very one-sided. Uh, don't get me started on romantic relationships, but I really want to talk about friendships here. I've decided to back off and see how everyone treated me when I stopped chasing. Lo and behold, I never heard from anyone. That hit me hard and most, and I'm mostly alone in my life now. I love being alone, but I do wish I had someone to do things with or just talk to about life. Uh, at this age, it's hard to make friendships, especially deep connections. Uh, what do you recommend? Should I cave and go back to the friends that I chased every once in a while? I just feel lost. I love my boyfriend, but I want true, genuine friends in my life. I don't want to chase anymore. 
Have you, mm-hmm. did you, have you heard about that exercise where I'm not sure if this is like totally appropriate for this person, mm-hmm. but maybe if they want to be like brave, um, it's an exercise where you email some of your like very closest friends and you say like, Hey, I'm looking for some very honest feedback from you. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were to like, let me know about some things that you find difficult to like get connected with me about, or some things that you feel like if I can like show up in these ways, then it would be like a better connection. Like, can you give me some like critical feedback, but in like a compassionate way that maybe you haven't ever told me before? Cause it sounds like she's, she's missing. She like, doesn't know why these friends uh, are not reaching out to her. So like, Mm -hmm. maybe they just suck and they're not Mm -hmm. good friends and you need Mm -hmm. to go make new friends. But if you, but if all of your friends are doing this and like, I want to know why. Mm -hmm. So you might want to be like really brave and just ask them why and do it in like an email form. So it can like not Mm -hmm. be directed right at your face. (laughs) Cause that's, that'd be hard feedback to give. Uh, but you also have to be in like an emotionally resilient place to receive that feedback and know which friends are the right friends to ask. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard when you, I mean, we can only really look at the role that we're playing in this. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I I know for myself, I'm not a very good follow-upper. I'm not a, you know, my, I have gotten this from my friends. They've complained about this, that I, what do they call it? It's like, uh, uh, like a problem with like object permanence. Like if I don't see it and it's not right in front of my face, it like doesn't even exist to me. And mm-hmm. I don't want to be that way, but I can just get caught up in things and forget. And so I tend to make friends with people who are the planners and the doers and the, like, I have a friend that, that, you know, she and I both joke that she like forced herself to be friends with me. She like forced the friendship. I mean, not no forced it. I was like, she's wonderful and amazing, (laughs) but she's like, guess what? We're hanging out this weekend. Let's go do this. Like, Hey, we're going to go do this. And she, she initiated a lot Mm -hmm. of, of the things that we did in our friendship because I was not an initiator. And I know that that created a pattern in our relationship where if she would have just like done the same experiment and like backed off, she wouldn't hear from me for a really long time. And there was a time where I felt really guilty about that because I reached out to her when, you know, I needed a shoulder to cry on or I was going through tough times. And I, I recognized then that like, I need to do that. I need to just reach out to her and ask her how she's doing and like check in, not just Mm -hmm. when I need something. So, Mm -hmm. you know, having honest conversations and bringing this up, but sometimes it it is, could be helpful, but sometimes it may just be a pattern that our listeners actions have kind of created in these relationships because she might be the planner or the doer or, you know, Mm -hmm. like I've even gotten mad at, you know, I, Eli, America's boyfriend, is wonderful <laughs> in so many ways. But uh, you know, I I've he's the planner. He's the one who like loves to like I he says he's like a maximizer and we're like, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna do all the things. Mm-hmm. And um so there have been times where I've been like, 
I, I'm going to make a decision. I'm, I'm just going to do this. And, or let's just do that. Let's go to this restaurant. Mm-hmm. I don't even care where we go. Let's go to this. We don't have to find the perfect one. Mm-hmm. Let's just go to whatever. And then we get there and there'll be like a look of disappointment or like, uh, this isn't that great, whatever. So it feels like the decision that I made is like, he's like rejecting it or, or disapproving Mm -hmm. of it, which then makes me not want to make decisions and just be like, Oh, wherever you want to go is fine. Mm -hmm. So we have to look at like, what are the actions that you've taken to maybe create these kind of, of responses from people? I only because if they wrote in and they asked the question, maybe we would be giving different advice, but like we, you can only really look at what we're doing and how can, what, how can you maybe do something different? But yeah, and that's the thing is like what kind of power and control can you have over right. this situation? And like Sarah's saying, like maybe you need to embrace that you're going to be the planner when it yeah. comes to these friendships. Um, you've set up this little test where you're like pull away mm-hmm. to see if they're interested. And then you're like, oh, well, they haven't reached out to me. That must mean that they don't really like me or they don't really want to hang out with me, which – might not be true at all you know it might just be that like the role that you've played is the planner the person that and if you like feel connected while you're with them then that's great we love that for you you're just gonna have to step into the planner role or you can let your your old friends know that like you feel hurt when it doesn't feel more balanced that you're like happy to plan shit as long as they plan stuff as well and if they don't then you feel unloved or unliked or you feel resentful or you feel like you're being taken advantage of you can like let them know that that's how you feel and see how they respond to that so i'd be interested to to know like if there's been any like work or direct communication or accepting of your role in those friendships all that to say there are other ways to make friends and like uh sarah said earlier try to think of like things that you enjoy doing and go do those things because you're more likely to be around people that have the same interests and values as you also like one of the things that i do is that sometimes i'll hang out with my friends and then like um try to meet their friends so i like try to meet friends of friends and a lot of times like there's a lot of commonality there yeah Uh, so even if i'm not like if i'm just sort of like an acquaintance with somebody and i know it's not going to turn into a deep friendship i'll still go out with them just so i can like see who they're hanging out with Uh, so putting myself into situations where i might be around Mm -hmm. other people that are looking for friends as well you know and it's very hard to make those deep connections because if you look at you know, even, even think of like a, maybe a friendship you used to have, a friendship you currently have that you would label as uh, a deep connection. What are the things that you went through in your friendship? What are the, the uh, ingredients that created that deep connection friendship? It's probably going to be shared experiences, time, and vulnerability. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to do one of those three things in order to create that deep connection. You're going to have to either give it time to have shared experiences, create meaning from Mm -hmm. things that you do together and uh, memories, blah, blah, blah. And being vulnerable, being able to open up and, and share with somebody. And yeah, Mm -hmm. that, that is, but if, if you're, it, those things would be hard to do if you go in with this idea of I need to test all my friends or I need to like put people through or people aren't uh, like, 
don't like me or my friends are they don't care about me mm-hmm. those kind of things might make it difficult to for sure and i get it like, authentically you know she's saying that she's a chronic people pleaser mm-hmm. um she's been a people pleaser all of her life um she also has like huge abandonment issues but i i i wonder if she's like Mm-hmm. Uh, reacted too far the other mm-hmm. way, where she's like, I've been a people pleaser where I'm doing everything, so I'm going to not do anything. Um, well, because people pleasing over and over and over is self-abandoning. Mm-hmm. And when you continuously self-abandon, what you end up doing is resenting mm-hmm. other people and ultimately like yourself, forgetting yourself. So it, you become like resentful of other people. Like, ah, oh, I can't believe they're taking advantage of me when it's the people pleasing and the self abandoning. Cause every time you say yes to somebody else, you're in a small way saying no to yourself. So mm. you are abandoning your own needs and prioritizing somebody else's that sends the message to you. You're like little person inside mm-hmm. that other people's needs are more important. So now you're in this position where you're like, Hey, I want people to value my, I want people to, to, I want to be important to people. Mm-hmm. But that maybe isn't the message that you've been sending for a long time. And that takes mm-hmm. a while to shift. And it's it's going to be maybe feeling um, uh, okay with the, the uh, other people being, I don't know, upset with you or, or mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that the nature that you're asking for things and like that you want the relationship to not just be one-sided. Right. And so the relationship might not survive if they're all used to you people pleasing. And that might be the case here. So this is like exciting that you're getting in touch with what you want instead of what everybody else wants. And that's why maybe there's like this shift and you're going to have to like tolerate kind of, you know, starting new with a new friend group. Uh, And it might take a while before you find somebody that you can really connect with. And like Sarah was saying, develop, like have those shared experiences and be vulnerable. And Mm -hmm. uh, that's all going to take place over time. Like your relationship with Susie, like you went through like reality TV. That's trauma bonding. Like there's like so many. hundred (laughs) percent. That that is. Yeah. yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, so you have a lot of shared experiences yeah. and you are kind of almost forced to be really vulnerable because those situations are really yes. extreme sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't recommend going on reality television to make friends. <laughs> it was a lucky, like a broken clock is right twice a day kind of yeah. thing. Like yeah. you do 11 seasons, you're bound to find somebody that you could be friends with. So <laughs> That's how that happened. But it's not, it doesn't happen. It's like, oh, that pool. You know, one of my favorite reality shows right now is Survivor. Oh, yeah, Um, people love that. Love Survivor. And they're coming to Oregon to like hold auditions. But the problem is, is that Survivor is just horrible, extreme camping the whole time. I know. You should apply. (laughs) You're perfect for this. Just the right amount of celebrity. You're going to be uncomfortable and they know it. But mm. you have the ability to like. I have like the social skills. Yes. To, yeah. Oh, I am. Uh, I am fully in support of you. All right. Maybe uh, I'll try go, for Survivor. Go do this. Do this. <laughs> okay. So now maybe I've been complaining about this for like uh, uh, so long now. But as you know, my boyfriend that I love so much 
mm-hmm. has decided to go keto. He's now fully in his keto lifestyle. It is what we have been eating for the past month. And I was a little bit hesitant, as you may have heard, in the beginning because I like I don't want to eat crappy meals. Mm-hmm. I don't want to eat boring rabbit food. Mm-hmm. And I am so grateful that I don't have to do any of that. I can eat delicious meals that I don't even have to think about and are just like ready to go in no time thanks to Green Chef. And this is wonderful because I can do some of the meal making and prepping and planning and uh, get all the credit for making these amazing delicious keto meals that he thinks are so good. And uh, (laughs) yes, I mean, I'm doing the cooking, but let's be real. Green Chef is doing most of the heavy lifting over here. (laughs) Well, wait, hold on. Can you tell me what what keto is and if I should start eating like that? Keto, I mean, it's it whatever... I'm not one to subscribe or prescribe any diet or like Mm -hmm. you should eat like this to anybody. But I do think that if there is a way of eating that feels good for your body, like my vegetarian friends, you guys keep doing your thing. You know, Mm -hmm. my pescatarian friends, you, yeah, fish that fish in that ocean eat those fish and and all keto people you keep doing you eli's loving it it's like it helped him get in like the shape he wants he's feeling stronger so what it is is like um low carb no sugar high protein high fat and it your body is staying in this this i don't know like metabolic place where it's like burning fat and uh, mm-hmm. other things that are good for you probably <laughs> do i have to be just as active as eli i think maybe you do okay yeah i don't know if the keto day is yeah it's like a whole me. thing right <laughs> he's making me run it's all this stuff so if i'm have to do extra work like running i need to do less work in a place like food prep and in the kitchen so we have been mm-hmm. using green chef meals delicious Mm. I love so it easy because also like I can just tell Green Chef to send me gluten free meals, and I'm, I don't I don't think that I have like celiac, but I know that if I like, eat gluten free, I do feel just like overall better. There you go. Uh, yeah. yeah. And so Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well because you can just pick the type of like healthy foods that you want, and they'll send them to mm. you. It's the only keto meal kit. Mm-hmm. So if you are doing keto, this is the like one of the only places that that you can get it, and yeah. they have everything you want: keto, protein packed, vegan, vegetarian, carb conscious lifestyle, all that kind of stuff. The gluten free thing for you. I love it. Yeah. So if you want to be like Sarah's boyfriend, or let's be real, America's boyfriend. <laughs> 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 we love Eli on this show. We um, then you should you should check out Green Chef. And Green Chef is now owned by HelloFresh. Uh, so they have like a wider array of meal plans to choose from. So there's something for everyone. And I love switching between the brands. And now all of you wonderful listeners can enjoy both brands at a discount with me and Sarah and uh, Eli, America's boyfriend. Yes. So go to greenchef.com slash TCE60 and use the code TCE60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. Like I said, it's number one meal kit for eating well. Go to greenchef.com slash TCE60 and use the code TCE60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. Yes. It's amazing how much mental bandwidth uh, I have 
like Mm -hmm. cleared up and available when I take away like meal prepping and planning and what are we going to eat? And then with it, like before I'm like Googling, like going online and like looking up like easy keto meals. Like Mm. I don't want to do that. I know. Mm -hmm. I just, here you go. Then click the button, send me the meals, make done. The end. I love it. Yes. Yeah. It's, I I can't stand. It's the dreaded question of like, what do you want for dinner? Oh, Ugh. Yeah, <laughs> you get to avoid that fight and you can just like make what they send you, which is delicious yeah. foods. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Let's do the next question. Um, let's see. Okay. Next question. Hey, Jeff, I adore the podcast and TikToks and wanted to suggest an episode or a video uh, on confidence and self-esteem showing up and being seen without shame. Uh, they go on to say, I feel like I'm completely floundering. Uh, They're 23, a year out of college, Um, somehow regressing on a lot of self-belief that took years to build. I feel like I'm at a complete plateau with my personal growth Mm -hmm. and have been experiencing a ton of social anxiety and trouble believing in myself and shame around me and my life not being, quote, where I ought to be. Uh, So we can talk about that you're a little 23-year-old baby. Just a baby. (laughs) You're just a cute little baby. And we're not saying that to like diminish you no. or make you feel bad. No. And like, just quit putting so much pressure on yourself. Yes. Oh You're my like, God. like brand new, like 23. No one, ha- people don't have it figured out at 40, 50, 60. No. Yeah. The Did fact- you feel like you should have been figured it out at 23? Was that banging around your no, head? No, I was this person. What I see in here in this is somebody who is self-aware, who's looking at like, I want to be better. How like they're, they're uh, uh, aware that maybe like their thoughts and, and mm, like, I was the opposite of this. I was like, my shit doesn't stink. I was on reality television. I was like, at 23, were you on reality? Okay. I was like (laughs) prime, like, like. Please. I was, I needed a little bit of humility and (laughs) like, it was after that where I was like, Oh fuck. I don't know anything. I was, I was an idiot on there. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, this, this Mm -hmm. is like, I, I feel like if people are even asking the questions of like, how do I build confidence and self esteem and I want to show up and, and, do better and be better and, and feel better. You're already like way ahead. Yeah. You're asking really good questions, really doing good, good questions. introspection. You know, she says that she's floundering at 23. And like Sarah's saying, like we, we all are constantly bumbling through life doing yeah. the best we can. But I think maybe at 23, right when you're done with co- college, maybe you think like, I'm done with school. I should know exactly what I'm going to do with my life. At 23 years old, you, you shouldn't, but there is a message. I guess there is like the sort of narrative that like, once you get through school or at the end of school, you should have majored in what you were going to major in, and then you're going to do what you're going to do. Um, but I think, so like what we're saying is kind of like embrace the uncertainty, embrace that, like, you don't know what you're going to do and where, you know, you're asking, like, you're saying that you're not where you should be right now. Where is that coming from? Who's who? We're shoulds, shoulds, we're shooting all over the place. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, is that coming from your parents? Is that coming from society? Is that coming from like your friends who you think have their shit together when they really right. don't actually have all their shit no, together? 
Um, do you need to take a little bit more time to figure out what you want to do authentically? Are you pressuring yourself to kind of like show up in a certain way that isn't who you really are? And then you're going to regret it and you're going to have to kind of like change later on or something. Uh, but they're also saying that, you know, they're experiencing a ton of social anxiety and yeah. believing in themselves. Uh, the social anxiety and the believing in yourself thing, it's probably all of this shit is connected where there's just like a ton yes. of pressure of yes. like, I need to show up in social situations perfectly. I need to be like yes. so funny or cute or extroverted or stay out late or whatever it is, like all the pressure that you're putting on yourself. So all in all, we like want you to like take that pressure off. Yes. Easier said than done though. <laughs> right. Um, well, think but- about how much energy it takes to be even thinking about like, it's like a hyper awareness and, and like, uh, how, how am I going to be perceived by others? Am I doing the right thing? Which then kind of leads us to that feeling of floundering or like not knowing what to do because we're not able to really be present. We're living mm-hmm. kind of from the neck up in our own thoughts and in our own head when we are cutting ourselves off from really living from the neck down and being in the moment and experiencing things. And and mm-hmm. it creates almost like this filter, this, this lens through which we see the world because we're at, like worried about how other people see us. Yeah. And you're doing a lot of comparisons probably where you're comparing yourself to whoever, to whether it's like people on TV or celebrity culture or your friends or some imaginary person that's like in your age group or something. So remember that like you are comparing yourself to the projection that you're like projecting onto other people. So it's not even like the real person like you're projecting yourself you're projecting stuff onto somebody that's just as flawed just as confused just as imperfect as you totally okay Mm -hmm. i have a little exercise that i want people this is a little i have an assignment this homework assignment like i'm everybody's therapist right now um the messages that we send to ourselves ourselves are are the the messages that those are the themes those those that that's the narrative and the story that like runs our life Mm-hmm. And these are things that we say to ourselves when we look in the mirror. There are things that we say to ourselves when we mess up or we're not doing well. The critical thoughts. I want you all to get a, a, a dry erase marker and on your mirror at home, I want you to write, like look in the mirror and around your head, write beliefs that you have about yourself. Mm-hmm. Now, well, you're going to make them. Maybe at first you do the real ones, like the critical Mm -hmm. thoughts Mm -hmm. and just look at that. That is how you see the world. That is how you see other people. That is the lens that through with, like, if you're judging yourself that way, that's how you're going to be judging other people. And what does that feel like to just like read those messages as you see them, the ones that are floating around in your head, read them and you see them. And what does that feel like? Like in your heart, like in your body, probably mm, not so great. Now erase that shit. Mm -hmm. Second part of the assignment, write down what you believe a a good friend would say about you or what you on your good, on your best day. Like maybe you have that, like 
for me, it was my grandma who in my, like, could, I could do no wrong. She thought I was just like the most perfect, amazing person in the world. So I always go to like, what would grandma say about me? So maybe you have a grandma like that. Maybe you have a friend who like that. Maybe you have a wonderful therapist like that. Maybe mm-hmm. you just think, what would Sarah or Jeff say about me right now? Cause we, I guarantee you, we can find amazing, wonderful mm-hmm. things about every single person listening right now. Garen fricking teed and write those, the truth around your head in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And then just read those and mm-hmm. see how that feels. Yeah. And if they resonate with you in like a really heart centered way and you choose to believe in them because that is more in alignment with like yes. how you want to see yourself yes, and how other people who love you see yourself or how your dog sees you, yes. um, <laughs> then try yes. to continue to reinforce those narratives and live don't erase it. the Don't erase it the second time. Right. <laughs> we leave those up. Mm-hmm. Leave them up like for so long that you like need Windex and stuff to like clean them off the because now they're like permanently stuck on there. Like, let those be the messages that you said. It's it's such a simple activity and an exercise that can be so powerful, changing the story and changing the the soundtrack in your mind, just when you look in the mirror Mm -hmm. can change the kind of day that you're going to have. Mm -hmm. So there you go. That's my little little activity. I like it because it sounds like there's like a lot of like automatic negative thoughts, critical voice that's playing over and over in her head. Yeah. Uh, So if you can like deliberately take action to change those narratives, And you're kind of, you know, like you're changing the way that your brain is firing, the neural pathways are firing and the neural pathways are kind of like stuck on this default narrative that you continue to reinforce over and over. And that's like the lens that you're wearing throughout the day, yada, yada. So if you can like deliberately choose different narratives and fire off on different neural pathways and then reinforce those while you go throughout your day and while you're like looking in the mirror and getting ready for your day, it's just like a really good easy activity that anyone can do in order to start thinking more positively about themselves. And if you're thinking, Oh man, it's so hard to, to switch that thought from negative to positive. I read somewhere that it takes, I believe it's 17 seconds Mm -hmm. that you have to hold on to a positive thought in order Mm -hmm. for it to switch out of that negative track that you're on. It's just 17 seconds. 17 seconds, that's it. If you do it for... If you do it for 17 seconds times four, which is 68 seconds, then it's really locked in. (laughs) Oh, look at that. Therapy Jeff taking it to the next level. I Uh love that. Yeah. So, I mean, it it really does just take like 17 seconds and then a minute in order to like really start. And then once you get to 68 seconds, then your brain is just like automatically giving you even more thoughts and memories that's going to reflect like the emotion and the feeling that you're resonating with. Um, Mm. So it can be, it can happen pretty quickly, but you also have to reinforce it throughout the day. Yes. Yeah. And she says that she's like, she feels like she's plateaued. Uh, at, uh, with her personal growth at 23, you have not plateaued. No, you're fine. <laughs> There's going to be so many more, so many more. And that is like an actual stage in the change model is like the status quo. Like this is how things are. And it's not like we decide, Oh, I want things to be different. And then magically like change happens and things improve. No, first there's some, uh, 
resistance to mm-hmm. that change, which is probably what you're feeling. Then there's like a chaos stage where things get like worse before they get better. It's kind of like the analogy, like dumping out the the drawer before you organize it. Mm-hmm. And then you have like a, a transformational moment where all of a sudden you look at something different or you approach a problem different or you see something from a different perspective. And then things start to change. And then guess what? We get to a new status quo and a new like mm-hmm. sort of plateau, but that's just like being a person and that's okay. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And Problem the, solved. You're always changing even when you're you're not mm-hmm. like you are. Really. Right. Even when it feels like – even if it feels like you're not changing, you're going to look back on this time and be like, oh, there was a lot of growth there. Mm-hmm. And maybe that was really hard or maybe I felt really lost. But that was – it was essential that I experienced that so I was able to yeah. like break through. And the social anxiety, I, like you said, it's all connected. If we're mm-hmm. really in our mind and like being – uh, like really focused on and distracted in a way by how others may be perceiving us or, oh my gosh, I'm really nervous and really worried that that takes you out of the moment and can make social interactions more mm-hmm. anxious and anxiety inducing. And yeah. so like just be in the moment and maybe like, I don't start small. Yeah. Yeah. You're putting a lot of, you're putting a ton of pressure on yourself. See if you can release some of that pressure and just be like a 23 year old. That's just trying to figure it out. As all 23 year olds are. As all everybody is, but especially a 23 year old. Right. Like just shout out to you for just ask, like worrying and caring because like Mm -hmm. what 20, I mean, I didn't start grad school until I was in well into my thirties and Mm. like, I didn't even finish undergrad until I think I was like 32, 30 mm-hmm. years old or something like that. And no, we don't figure things out. It's you're fine. Yeah. You're good. Yeah. Uh, okay. Next question. Which one do you want to do next? Um, okay. How about this? This is friendship related. Uh, it says, do I leave the door open for people who treated me shitty people who lied to me or those people who don't deserve or, uh, or do those people deserve a second chance? Now, of course, we don't know the details here. Uh, mm-hmm. I just don't know if I'm supposed to cut them off or let them come back if they want. <sighs> I guess, yeah. I mean, obviously, we'd like more context here, but we can try mm-hmm. to figure this out together in a more general, broad way. Uh, it, what did they do? How did they treat you shitty? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, did they like really take advantage of you, manipulate you, make you feel really horrible about yourself? Cause we don't want you to kind of like go down the road of just being a doormat, right? Mm-hmm. Like we want you to stand up for yourself. We want you to connect with people that value you and see all the wonderful things about you. Um, so, so yeah, so we don't want you to be a doormat. Um, but do people deserve a second chance? Possibly. But if they yeah. if you give somebody a second chance, you're gonna have to be like really upfront about giving them the second chance and what you're looking for, what you expect, what your limits are, what your boundaries are, how you were hurt, what they did to let you down, or mm-hmm. um what they did to like make you upset or sad or depressed or whatever or whatever it was. Yeah. So going ahead and trying to be like very explicit 
with direct communication about what you need in order to continue the friendship so that you can like rebuild the trust. And maybe the trust is totally broken. That happens every now, like trust goes up and down. That makes sense. Um, But you might have to just sort of like turn a new page, start a brand new chapter with this, with these friends. And in order to do that, you're going to have to kind of like rewrite um, the script and try to figure out like what you can do in order to slowly become connected again. Mm -hmm. I also think if somebody shows you who they are, believe them. Mm-hmm. If this is a, uh, you know, fooled me a thousand times thing, like right. if, if they're shitty friends, then I I really believe that it, it, it doesn't matter if you've known them forever. Or it doesn't matter if like, oh, our parents were friends. Like mm-hmm. if people are, are not going to show up for you in a way. And now we can't show up for everybody the exact same all the time. You know, we're just Mm -hmm. like doing our best over here, but is it an equal friendship? Is it one where you're, you're getting, you know, what you put into it and getting that back in those friendships? If not, then it's okay to do. I, I do see this with people who have maybe started a journey towards like mental health care and and mm-hmm. wanting to like evaluate friendships or set better boundaries uh it can often mean a like pruning in the mm-hmm. like friendship or relationship department where we mm-hmm. like start to recognize maybe some dead leaves and things that are <laughs> are no longer serving us we need to do some trimming mm-hmm. and yeah, it, that's a real yeah, thing. Yeah, it really is. Or you just like, and it doesn't mean that those friendships didn't serve their purpose or or meet the need at the time. You know, mm-hmm. like um, I kind of think of friendships as you know, when I was growing up, my mom would always say, "Your friends are like." treasure in a treasure chest and there's going to be a whole bunch of different kinds and you've got like your and then i went on in my head to take this metaphor to like a whole other level where i was like yeah some people are like you're tried and true like gold band that you're going to wear every day and never tarnishes goes with everything and then it's super reliable and then there's like your costume jewelry that you just like put on when you want to go to like (laughs) vegas or -hmm. something and that's a different kind of friendship and it doesn't mean that they're they're you know so I might put a value on that, but there are, they always a time and place for everything, you know, metaphor only right. holds up so much, but yeah, like that. So, so friendships can serve different purposes and, and you may have additional needs that those friendships can, can no longer meet or, or don't meet in, in a way that you, I don't know, need them to as, as you grow and that is okay. Yeah, that's okay. You might be outgrowing some of these friendships. Um, you might be changing into a different person that has different values. It's tricky though because, like, I see like a lot of commentary on TikTok or Instagram when it comes to these sorts of things. It's like, okay, you might outgrow people. It's okay to let them go. And then there's always like a bunch of commenters of just like, you can't just abandon people. You can't just like uh, cut people off. So sure, uh, that's true. And it's also right. maybe you need to. Like it, right. it, it, like it all sort of depends. I think cutting somebody off might be like 
your last resort. Yes. You you can try to figure out how like these people can fit into your life, how you can get them back if you really want to. Hopefully you're not feeling like pressured by anybody. So we want to like like Sarah's saying, like encourage and give permission and validate that like sometimes relationship friendships like fall off as you continue to grow and evolve. It's just like not a good fit anymore. And also you shouldn't be like cutting off every single person all the time. Like you do need to kind of like accept flaws, work through hard things, be uncomfortable, let people know how they affected you and what your emotional experience was of them and then grow together. Um, So we're giving like two separate answers here (laughs) because we don't like have all the context. So whatever applies to you, go with it. Whatever's resonating with you most. It's either what the heck are you doing? Hold on to their friends or what the heck are you doing? Get rid of those guys. One of the two. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I say if, if people consistently lie to you or, or, or we don't need to be a doormat. My knee-jerk reaction is, like, if somebody treated you shitty, fuck them. Move on. Like, and I think that's how I've operated a lot in my life, and it works for me. I have gotten feedback from some people that, like, I cut them out too early. I don't, like, give them a chance to Mm -hmm. grow, or I don't let them know how they affected me. Um, I don't let them know. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Even Mm -hmm. if, because like I've like made peace with that sort of thing, that I'm only going to give somebody a certain amount of chances before I like continue to get hurt over and over again. I think that's wise. But but also, yeah, I mean, it shows people what you need to, how you need to be treated. Exactly. There's a However, there's like, I don't want you to take my... Or Sarah's like advice is like toxic individualism of like right. I don't need anybody. I'm gonna no. do this all on my own. Like, no, we need community. Right. You need to be like you need to work through hard stuff with people. But if somebody's treating you really shitty, then I don't want you to take that. So there's yeah. like we are gonna trust that you're a good critical thinker that can figure out where you land mm-hmm. on the spectrum. Most people, I would say for for friendships, things like that. This is why everything always goes back to communication, open communication. There aren't, it's very rare. I don't even know if I've ever really heard this where somebody's like, yeah, I was intentionally trying to be mean to that person or like lie Mm -hmm. to that person or hurt their feelings. That doesn't happen. Usually the intentions are, are good. We want to like avoid somebody being hurt or maybe, you know, if it's like, oh, they lied to me about, uh, like they didn't want me at their wedding and they said, Oh, sorry, there it's already too many people. And that was something like that mm-hmm. where like it just, there, what really needs to happen is another conversation where it was like, th- get further explained or assumptions aren't made because if we're, if they're people that you call friends, chances are they're not trying to intentionally hurt you. Right. Yeah. We need to give people the benefit of the doubt. Right. So. We are really going back and forth on this question. Right. And like, yeah, that. people are shitty, but also give them the benefit of the doubt. So, <laughs> I mean, that's, 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 that's how it goes. There's, this is like, there, there's, there's a lot of gray area in. There is, there's a lot of in, nuance here. So yeah. Yeah. Wade through it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Next question. Uh, they say, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the appropriateness of maintaining a friendship with an ex when this makes your partner uneasy. 
Oh, mm-hmm. man. I, have you been in these relationships mm-hmm. where, where your partner is just like, I'm not super cool about you being friendly with your ex? I or have It you wasn't about person? the ex, but yeah. it was about somebody where I was like, I, I don't know about this because I felt the vibes that the other person had different intentions. Oh, okay. Yeah. Where I was like, <laughs> mm-hmm. come on. I can, I can tell when somebody is like, so that's the first question is like, is the ex that you want to be friends with? What are their intentions? Do they really actually want to be friends? Are they Mm -hmm. supportive of your relationship? Are they okay? Not being the priority at all anymore. You know, like Mm -hmm. what's, what's going on there? Can you talk to your ex about your current relationship? Are they being weird about it? Um, Do they want to hang out with your new partner? Like, are they okay being like integrated into your life? Uh, and also like, why do you want to be friends with them? Do you want to be friends with them? Because you I truly think that's just... a good question to ask. Yeah. You just want to be friends. Is there like a little something left there? Are you like not really wanting to like let them go completely? Does it feel like emotionally complicated? Are you kind of lying to yourself about it? Like, mm-hmm. um... does it feel good that they kind of flirt with you a little bit and it makes you feel validated mm-hmm. and mm-hmm, wanted mm-hmm. in some way? Right. Then, yeah. What do you, what's the intention? And be honest. You got to kind of be honest with yourself of what is the, right. is this a friendship? Like I tell Eli all the time, I say, you can do whatever you want. I am not here to tell you you're not allowed to do this or you can't do this, but know that certain actions will cause reactions in me and feelings in me. Go ahead. You can do whatever you'd like, but this is how I would feel if this were to happen mm-hmm. choice choose your own adventure if <laughs> like but this is how i will feel about this mm-hmm. and there you go if it's if it's my job to just like deal with those feelings then i gotta just deal with them you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, exactly yeah there's also like there's some people that like believe for whatever reason, there's some people that believe that like once you date somebody or you're in relationship with somebody or if you're married to somebody and then it ends, they should never be in your life ever again. And other people are like, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> like it, it, yeah. it all sort of depends and I'm going to kind of pick and choose moving forward. Uh, and that's a really difficult like issue to navigate when somebody wants to be friendly with their ex and the other person is like, you should never have any contact with their exes. Uh, Maybe that's working for you and you shouldn't have contact with any of your exes. I'd love that for you if that's what you want. But you... This is probably something that you should ask like towards the beginning of a relationship because mm-hmm. this is a pretty big difference in opinion. And if you're friends with some of your exes and that and the person that you're with like can't get over it, it's going to affect your relationship. And now you have to choose like, okay, my partner can't evolve or be okay with this. I don't even want to say evolve. Maybe that's kind of like I'm diminishing them. I'm purposely diminishing them, so I'm going <laughs> to stick with it. So they, they can't evolve and be okay with, like, that you used to have a relationship, but now you have a friendly relationship. So now you have to decide, like, what are you going to do with that? Are you going to mm-hmm. be less friendly with your ex? Or are you going to not see them anymore? If you decide to do that because you're going to prioritize your current relationship, mm-hmm. which I think a lot of people do, and that's, like, mm-hmm. understandable – um, are you going to resent your current partner? Like, right. are you going to act differently towards them? Are you going to be like, do you have to go through a grief period and do you want their support? Or like, um, 
how is this going to affect your current relationship if you decide to not be friends with your ex anymore when you really want to? And I found that feelings of jealousy will be there whether Mm -hmm. there is communication with the ex or it's people on Instagram or it's just you looked at that person. If you are someone who is, I don't know, fearful or suspicious or worried in your relationship, it's almost like your, your mind is just looking for a, a mm-hmm. box to dump that feeling into, like Always. something to blame that feeling on. And, and it's so easy to be like, you're talking to your ex and there's something going on to, to explain why we feel that way when really Mm -hmm. it's mostly insecurities and Mm -hmm. fears Mm -hmm. and you ask yourself, what am I worried about? Well, I'm worried that they're going to be with that ex and then somehow decide that they still want to be together. And then Mm -hmm. I'm going to be left and I'm going to be the last to know something like that. Cause it's always rooted in some fear. And so if we can get down to that, what's like the, the fear here and, mm-hmm. and get reassurance around that, mm-hmm. then you can maybe work through yeah, it a little easier. Exactly. If it, they can but... just be like, I'm feeling unloved, mm-hmm. and then you can be like, oh, I want you to feel loved and I'm going to give you lots of reassurance. There's also – there's this thing that happens – where there's like a real big difference sometimes between like people that are in monogamous relationships and people that are in poly or open alternative sorts of relationships. So if you're with, if you're in a monogamous relationship and you're feeling jealous, oftentimes you're like, I'm jealous. You need to make me feel better partner. But if you're in a open Uh poly relationship, you're like, I'm jealous. How do I handle this? Yeah. (laughs) I I want my partner to go out and date other people or hook up with other people or have like more relationships. Like this is the intent that we have. And so in order for this to work, I have to handle my own jealousy. Um, I'm being kind of extreme here. Like both sides, like if you're in an open poly relationship, you might sort of default and being like, how can I personally handle this without burdening my partner? But they also do probably say like, you can do, if you can just kind of tweak these things, I'll feel less jealous. Or if you can give me more validation and reassurance tonight, because I'm Mm -hmm. feeling sort of fragile, like Mm -hmm. the people in poly and open relationships have to develop a lot of like language and communication around jealousy and insecurity. Cause it's not like jealousy and insecurity doesn't have happen there. It's just that they're like open to handling it in typically a different way than people that are in monogamous relationships. So I feel like the like folks that are in monogamous relationships might want to take some tips from those folks in poly relationships, like literally ask them how they handle jealousy and insecurity. Cause there are so many exes or past sex partners or current partners that are floating around in those relationships that they have to manage, you know, or ask lesbians. They're really good at that too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. My ex-girlfriend, we, I lived with, my uh, current girlfriend, uh-huh. her ex-girlfriend, her new girlfriend, and the dog that the two of them who are now exes shared yeah. <laughs> it's in so a one-bedroom apartment in San Francisco. Yeah. That shit is just baked in. You just have like a different sort of like understanding of like this is how you're going to – and did yeah, you feel exactly. like That's less jealous in, in- – did you feel less jealous in those uh, yeah, relationships? Yeah, actually. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. everything was getting talked about and everything was like mm-hmm. – Oh, it just felt very transparent and yeah. safe because we were all women. Hello. 
Oh yeah, sorry, that's part sorry, of it. Guess, there's but... there's a weird monogamous like ownership sort of thing that goes on. Like I own you. Like you shouldn't be oh, talking yeah. to anyone else or right. whatever. Yeah. Um. So there's like you got to watch out for the toxic monogamy stuff. Um. And yeah. and it often works against us because like that feeling of jealousy and and ownership and like no you're mine and and even like questioning of of who's that? What are you doing? Not a, we're wanting closeness and reassurance in those moments. But what that ends up doing is driving the other person away or pushing the other person to like, it doesn't feel good to have the relationship question, but what it does feel good to hear or better to hear is I'm feeling super insecure right now. And I need mm-hmm. you to just love me and mm-hmm. tell me why I'm the best. And Exactly. Yes. So I might actually like, it sounds like maybe this isn't an option, but I'd like tell you that maybe you should all hang out together because your current partner is like probably putting, putting so much power on like your ex. Like, Oh my God, there's like such a special, unique relationship that I'll never be able to compete with. But if you all hang out in the same room together, then you're all just people and you can see that maybe there isn't any like special weird thing. There isn't like some flirtation that's like still happening between you all, hopefully. Yeah. You want to yeah. know what I, I had a weird jealousy moment the other day. Oh, this is that? so dumb. <laughs> this is the dumbest thing. Are you ready for this one? You guys yeah. are gonna be like, Sarah, you're ridiculous. Uh, we were like cleaning out a bunch of stuff and Eli had a, a notebook that had, it was like an old moleskin like journal or whatever. And like he and his ex used to like write messages in there, like daily messages of like, we need this and da da da, whatever. She has the fucking best handwriting and penmanship Mm. I've ever seen. And I like was so self-critical of my handwriting (laughs) for like the next week. I was like, Oh gosh, she can't (laughs) like, she must be wonderful. Look at how great her penmanship (laughs) is. So stupid. What am I, what Sarah? That's I, I was like, it's a bit of a I, I didn't even care. They were like cute love notes in there. That part wasn't even the part I was mad about. I was just like, who the fuck has this good of handwriting? What the hell? Like, <laughs> can't even read what I write. I write like, nice letters to like his mom and dad on their birthdays and stuff. And they're like, what's this word? What? I'm like, fuck, fuck. They would never have to ask his ex about what word that was. That is what, what is wrong with me, Jeff? Something. <laughs> That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So. And it's also like extremely human that our like brain is going to like latch on to something very, very silly. Yeah. And so that's what it is, you know, like, so hopefully like eventually, you know, you're like, you're talking about it with like humor and levity and hopefully there's like compassion that you feel for yourself. Yeah. Like this is like a normal thing or yeah. I mean, that's not normal, I guess, but like it's no! normal that there's like random things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's like, or even just that, that worry or that thought, you know, and I, I, I always, because Eli is friends with his ex and exes and like talks to them on social media, like exchanges messages and, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Like, I don't care. And I, I remind myself that uh, every morning he makes the decision to be with me and mm-hmm. not those people. Mm-hmm. And that's all I need. Exactly. I have this. I like if if 
if I'm with, if I'm dating somebody, or if I'm in a relationship with somebody, and there's somebody that like wants them or an ex that wants to get to get back together with them, I'm just like, fuck yeah, you do, yeah, <laughs> of course. Like, you and wish, it, like, snooze, you lose. A, yeah, yeah, it's a turn on. It's interesting. I want to hear all the details. Like, I do not get jealous unless you're doing weird shit. Unless all of a sudden, like, it seems like you're into right. them too. Yeah. And then, but like, if anybody like wants to be with my partner. I love to hear about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. I and so. and Eli being the interior decorator or designer, excuse me, interior designer that he is. There's like a a a joke going around on the Brain Caddy podcast that e- Eli like doesn't post any pictures of me because he doesn't want anyone <laughs> to know that he's a straight man. So like he's just like keeping it real interesting for like I I'm like you're gay baiting. Like, <laughs> like he is, you but know, as long so as I'm like, it works. Right. I like who who t- who's that? Who's he? Yeah. Oh, he likes you? Oh, I bet. Big daddy energy. Like he's like such like a bear. Like uh-huh. <laughs> He plays uh-huh. into it, you know. Good he has like rainbow colored socks that say daddy. Come on. Well, that's yeah, he's really playing into really it. Really leaning into he that. He knows what he's doing. He yeah. knows exactly what he's doing. I love it. It's fine. Oh, that's cute. Uh, I think we're all out of time. I think so too. We, I, we we could sit here and talk forever, but you guys have uh, so many more questions. We have so many more of your questions to get to in future episodes. Uh, but we're always taking more. So send us, slide into our DMs, send us these messages. We love them. Keep them coming and make sure that you use our coupon codes because it helps the show so much. And if you haven't subscribed and left us a five-star review what the heck are you waiting for and uh we'll see you next time okay bye